0: Hi, this is Sir Brian, and if you want to know more about the plane of Arkavios and the the setting of Strixhaven, you can listen to the Vorthos cast, episode 154 through
1: 159. Yeah. Yeah! Welcome, fellow adventurers! It's me, Mr. Combo Number 5. You can find me at Mr. Combo Number 5 on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the 5. Uh, and you can find the other content I do over here at CMD Tower. Whether it's Bruising Builds, Eternal of Hot Takes, MTG Action 4 News, just head over to cmdtower.com.
0: And I'm Sir Brian. I can be found uh, on Twitter at MTGLordOfLeaves. And on the Vorthos cast on occasion, though, I haven't been on in a couple months because of sickness and travel and other
1: work related things so well this is gonna be awkward but if you're looking for more lore discussion brian what were they talking about uh last time you heard
0: actually they had uh the writer of the kamigawa stories on this week unfortunately i wasn't able to be on it because they had to redo the recording earlier today than i get off work so um should be a good episode but uh i won't be on it
1: (laughs) Well, hey, you know what? That's okay, because next week we have uh, Josh Lee Kwai on MTG Action 4 News, and Tuck won't be able to make it, but I don't know if that's because he's purposely avoiding Josh, because he knows that he'll hashtag coming for him, Jimmy, or if he'll just uh, wreck him on a future episode of Game Nights. All good. (laughs) Well, guys, we're going to start off with stories that gets left hanging as Sir Brian opened up, we're on Arcavios and Strixhaven, aka a ripoff of Hogwarts. Um, I get it. They did five schools, Hogwarts is four. I get it.
0: I mean, technically, Magic had a, a wizard school long before Harry Potter came out, so I don't want to hear it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing about this, guys, is. We got five enemy colors with these schools, and each of the schools are named after the elder dragon that founded it. Really, I personally feel this was Wizards' way of getting moving away from "is it" and then bringing on. I don't care enough to even remember what the new ones are called. Brian, help me out.
0: You've got Lorholt. Ooh. You've got. Um, oh God, this is bad. Just remember. It's it's, it's 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 been a week, y'all. It's It's been a week.
1: But there's basically these dragons that founded it. And the the way that it looks like the <coughs> school got started, and I think <coughs> it was very interesting, was these there was a bunch of chaos, a bunch of crap happened. Life was renewed. These dragons were there, elder dragons, big badasses. And they were just kind of doing their own thing. And then, yes, Peasley mortals came along. And it seemed like they discovered power within Arkavios, but they were wielding it like crazy just nonstop war, violence, and absolute chaos. And what I found interesting, Brian, was that instead of the Elder Dragons. <coughs> inflicting the wrath of the Old Testament on their asses like usually omnipotent beings do with us fleas, they're like, hey, maybe we should help them wield this magic. What was up with that?
0: Well, it's, I find it, it's probably one of the better parts of the story, in my opinion. Like, the fact that you have benevolent dragons that are willing to look out for the the development (laughs) of humankind, like I think the the only one that comes to mind in magic history anyway is Arcady Sabbath, aka Arcady's strategist who was actively building up an empire in conjunction with his humans as opposed to trying to just lord over them and, and it's you know it's a very nice touch in magic lore. Um,
1: well, you know i I thought that I thought that was pretty interesting. and obviously each of the dragons, if you guys go look at the color that's <coughs> It's really going to show the, the flavor of the dragon. They really did find each school or subset of Strixhaven in their image. So I really liked that. You know, that's very on flavor with a lot of other, you know, we could even use the Harry Potter example, Godric Gryffindor. Gryffindor resembled the things that were popular in him. I'm sorry, we don't have other good examples. What do you want to do? Friday Night Lights? I don't know anything about that.
0: Look. Talarian Academy existed before Harry Potter came out. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Wizards <laughs> has been doing wizard school forever, longer than Harry Potter has been released. So that that's I'm, I'm going to stick by that. But, you know, the the Elder Dragons are, are nice. I, I'm kind of sad that we only really got to see one of them, and that's Witherbloom in the story. But I, I really do hope that we see a little bit more next time we end up. Going back to Freakhaven,
1: yeah, for sure. Well, so guys, the I think the story story truly starts though with uh, Ixtisnar. Is am I saying that correctly? Your guess is About as good than mine. <laughs> fair enough. So think of this guy like Lord Voldemort. Top of his class. Oh but God, uh he yeah. got he got overlooked. He got overlooked. He thought that uh, you know what, he deserved certain accolades. Other people felt he didn't live up to his potential. Um, and so he got super pissed <laughs> and basically dropped out of Strix, or he ended up getting, I believe, kicked out of Strixhaven. Um, and he is just vindictive. He wants to see Strixhaven burn. So he ended up finding Oryx, which essentially is like the the island of misfit toys, just everyone that Strixhaven kicks out or drops out kind of joins the Oryx?
0: Well, I mean, it's not just that he, that he looks for people who have dropped out. He actively recruits and it happens in the story where um, he goes after people who think they might have an axe to grind or um, like people the death who... Eaters. Uh, you know... It's alright, it, it, Brian. I, I got you with this. <laughs> Don't know what that was, but okay.
1: It's sad um, trombone.
0: Yeah, it, it's he. He, the group just looks for anyone who they think can who who they can manipulate into joining their cause, and hopefully their mages, so that they can uh, inflict some damage on the school when the time comes, and it eventually happens. So,
1: <clears throat> well, the other piece of this story. Is uh, the awesome, I believe they're twins, uh, Will and Rowan, yep. uh, that we saw initially uh, for the first time, I believe, at that trash set, Throne of Eldraine, uh aka that's, one of the best sets printed.
0: <laughs> that's not the first time we saw them. We saw them in oh. Battle
1: Bond. Oh, that's right. That's right. I guess uh, Thorn of Eldrain is the first time that we got like a lot of backstory with them.
0: Yeah, we with- we and when we got Battle Bond, like there was a blurb about them, but we didn't really get a whole lot of story. But yeah, we sure. didn't get the full on story until we got to Drain.
1: So one of the things with these twins, even though you might have noticed their cards. Seem to kind of support each other, and I think they have had a supportive relationship. This story is the first one where there's been a little bit of that. Let's call it sibling tension. Uh, Will, being the inherent blue planeswalker, is all about learning, and he's trying to enhance his knowledge. Rowan, being the red planeswalker, she's about power, and she's wanting to just wield power. And I don't need to study; I just I'm a badass, and I can wield some stuff. I'm and that's first to stop causing right there. It's that's causing not, friction.
0: Well, the, the friction has always existed. It happened in Eldrain and in Spade. It's like they were always over. They were they were fighting a lot about the best way to go about things throughout that entire story on Eldrain. So, like that's always been a part of their their kind of shtick, so to speak. Um, mm. But I, I think it definitely gets raised to an entirely different level to the point where they are actively hostile towards each other for the first time. But they, like, in Eldraine, there's always been a a sort of tension and um, conflict between them, but it just, it got elevated once, you know, they were off doing their own thing, and Rowan is trying to do her thing, like you were saying, with, like, trying to attain power to a certain extent, and to kind of show off where Will is all about learning as much as he possibly can and not um, <clears throat> stepping out of line and doing, you know, being the good studious student, the Hermione Granger, if you will.
1: <laughs> See, I was actually going to give you a different pair of siblings. I was going to say Jace and, uh, sorry, Jason and Janna Solo from the Star Wars books was very much, you know, Jason, I think, is a little bit like Rowan. About power, I'm trying to learn it. I'm trying to wield it. Will is a little bit more like Jaina, where Jaina wasn't so much of a book nerd that I really kind of got the impression that Will was, but she was a little bit more. I'm gonna walk the straight and narrow. I'm gonna listen <laughs> to my elders. Uh, you know, I'm gonna listen to Uncle Luke and and the guidance that he gives. um And so I definitely got that from Will. So interesting thing from here is that the only reason they get here is they end up getting. Their uh, acceptance letter. It wasn't delivered via owl, though. It was sent by Casmina uh, because she seems to be kind of getting set up. Is I don't I don't know who in magic I would equate her to. I think of her almost being like the new uh, Fury, like in Marvel. She's kind of like I'm trying to put together this ragtag team of people because there's a bigger threat coming.
0: You're thinking of Urza. That, that's who you're thinking of. You just okay. don't know it yet. Th- th- there we go. Very- the Urza did this whole thing. That's like the the crew of the Weatherlight was very much a similar situation, but I, I think Kasmina is a, a little bit different in that you know she's a planeswalker who knows other people are planeswalkers before sometimes before they do. So it's, or at least that's that the, that's the blurb that we've been, because you know we don't actually see a lot of her in the story. We see her kind of brooding in the background throughout the entire story, but I'm really interested to see what they do with her going forward, because I feel like to be honest with you, if you had picked a planeswalker to get by first, it would, if, if you would ask me before the resolution of the, uh, the Kamigawa story that, that would have been my first guess because, you know, the firexians are always trying to recruit planeswalkers to do their bidding. And with Kazmina's power set or, a, a, you know, that's what we've been led to believe is yep. her knowing about planeswalkers sometime before they do. And <clears throat> I think that would have been something the firexian would have been super interested in being able to tap people before they knew their own power.
1: Yeah, no, I could totally see that a little bit of a uh, a Hydra, you know, just kind of using that Marvel example of, you know, I see your potential before you see it. And I'm going to try to manipulate you before (coughs) you even know it's happening. Mm -hmm. So another thing with the story, and we all was like, what? Professor Onyx. Why don't they just call it Professor Liliana? Well, Liliana is actually seeking out Strixhaven because she is looking to learn how to revive Gideon Jura. He sacrificed himself in the War of the Spark story. So she actually comes to this college under the false name of Onyx, who I believe was an ex-student in the past, correct?
0: No, she she was a student here in the past, in the far distant past. Um she just took up that this 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 name because she liked the sound of it. When we last left her at the end of the Dominaria or the the War of the Spark story, she was you know trying to evade the the people hunting her at at the behest of the uh, guild leaders of Ravnica, and she was hiding out. Like Kaya found her anyway, but you know it, it's. She was trying to lay low, so that's why she's not using her own name. She's not. But after she escaped from uh, the end of War of the Spark, she's been laying, laying low, um, trying to avoid running into any other planeswalkers, um, only interacting with Kaya and Rat and that whole crew who knew of her, of her deception. She's like, all right, let's go to Arcavios because I, I know Strixhaven, and they have this library full of allegedly all of the spells ever have to have been cast in the multiverse. Yep. So, looking for a way to revive Gideon, and she's he, looking, and she's looking, and she doesn't find what she's looking for. And then it seems like a student might have found what she was looking for, but it doesn't quite work the way that she expects it to. And she ends up traveling to visit uh, Witherbloom, the dragon Witherbloom. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can't really help you because the results aren't, w- aren't going to be what you want them to be.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the genie in Aladdin when it's like, I don't like to raise people from the dead. It's not a pretty picture. I don't like doing it. Yeah. So. So um, I thought that was pretty interesting, though, that, you know, she she initially came as Onyx. Um, then we get introduced to another Planeswalker. And I think I, the thing I found interesting about the story is that a lot of Planeswalkers came to Arcavios, like, it's just like all different. It wasn't like, hey, we're all coming together. We're, we're doing a a group all-inclusive vacation. It's just all, everyone had like a different reason to come to this plane and it all just kind of coincided at the same time because now we had Luca coming. Luca, you guys might remember, was the planeswalker from uh, the uh, Beast set that we did the uh, Godzilla Ikoria. uh, Came into that. And so Luca's there, and he doesn't really like Strixhaven. You know, there's, I think there's a myriad of stuff, but if I just had, if we just had to boil it down to a simple thing, he he just seems like they're too controlling and I guess maybe judgmental. I don't really know. Like, the,
0: he gets a very hostile vibe from the yeah. the, people, the townspeople who who are there when he walks into the pub because like they don't really trust strangers and they're kind of uptight about it. So
1: sounds like uh, one of one of the local areas around my house. They are very uptight. Uh, so of course, who have we talked about is embracing outcasts and recruiting them. Well, it's Oryx, and so Oryx is like, <laughs> hey. Uh, Luca, you 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 want to join me? <coughs> and Oryx really wanted Luca to join because of Luca's ability to I don't know if it's inherently control animals or influence them, but he could control creatures to an extent. Yep, and right. Oryx used Luca to basically command a mage hunter creature army. so
0: so just to be clear here, the, the leader of the orcs is extus but the orc is the orcs are the name of the group right yep. so um, <clears throat> but yeah extus recruits him after basically it's funny the 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 town the villagers are super hostile to him because they don't trust him because they think he's an orc but that ends up turning and driving him right into their arms which is a, a cruel twist of fate, if it if it were, or as it. But were, you know but.
1: what? I'm sorry, guys. In real life, if someone comes to you and you reject them, just assume they're going to go to your worst enemy and probably cause chaos.
0: Yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's why it doesn't hurt to be kind to people. Like it, it, exactly. it, it's free. It, it, <laughs> so um... and so
1: these these mage hunters though you guys may recall them in the set these are the ones where it's a lot of times like whenever your opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell they lose a life or Mm -hmm. take a point of damage things like that so luca gets suckered into that um and i actually don't know uh brian like boil it down is (laughs) luca inherently a good person bad person or are they a, a gray jedi if you will
0: no, he, he's, he's a very selfish and twisted human. Or er, like he, oh. um, he, he puts himself in the victim light, regardless of whether he actually belongs. He, he, like, if I don't think he is, it's almost never right to call him a victim because a lot of the circumstances that he's in, he put himself there. Um, um. Like, at the beginning of the story of Ikoria, he, he kind of was given a raw deal, being a bonder of sorts without his knowledge. But the way that he goes about writing the situation and just, like, there was an end for him to be able to, re, to rejoin his society over time without causing as much havoc and destruction in the way that he did. Um. so he had a, a chance to be a righteous savior in a way to unify the bonders and the people of uh, the the big city that he's from, but he chose violence. <laughs> like, literally, he, he chose violence.
1: <laughs> he took his squeamy geek coin, he flipped it, and he got get up and fight. And he was like, well, I guess I'm whooping ass today.
0: Yeah, so, like, he kills his... his would be girlfriend's father and tries to take over the town via violence and goes way overboard. And until he stopped by the other play, uh, Plainswalker Vivian Reed and uh, the rest of the, the the bonders that force him away from Icoria, which leads him to Arkavios. Like he he had a chance to be a good person and he kind of just threw it away because he he felt. Oh, he he had the whiny victim complex. Is just I don't care for him very much. I'm sorry.
1: I could tell. I could tell. Well, uh, let let's see what happens in the story. So, um, you know, the the story continues. Uh, the Oryx is still recruiting more students, growing. While interesting, the school reduces in numbers. Um, Casmina actually, I guess, bumps into Luca at some point, and actually sees this, like multiversal potential in him. So with your disdain for Luca, how do you feel that Kasmina may actually be like seeing something in this planeswalker and may try to convert him to be good?
0: Well, I don't think Kasmina's is looking at it as a good and evil thing. She's looking at mm. potential power to... Um, like, like I said, we don't know a whole lot about her and her motives, so I can't really go into i i don't know specifics but she doesn't seem me she doesn't seem to me as a type who is super concerned with good and evil as opposed to power and those without
1: um interesting okay
0: but again i without more insight through story about her I, that's all i have to really go on
1: well, the, the story progresses from there. Uh, I guess because Mina and Luca had like a little showdown in the forest and Luca just got his butt whooped by Kazmina. And it's at least the way it was described, it seemed like she was barely trying at all, which I just find even more hilarious. Because the way you describe Luca is this like arrogant, like jerk. I just imagine him like, ha ha, I'll whoop your butt. And then it's like, it, it's like when you see those YouTube videos of like the tiny nerdy kid Versus like the six foot three bully. And then the nerdy kid actually roundhouse kicks him like to the ground. And it's like, what? Like, I feel like Luca's that bully. That's like, Oh, I could just take you. And Kazmina is that little kid. That's been secretly training for half a decade and just knows how to kick butt. Um, yeah, so I really I, like I that.
0: It's definitely one of those situations where when the fight starts, his power set is more about, having a- access to the control of these beasts. But if there's no beast around his power set, doesn't really work out very well against her until other things come up to distract her. And, and she, she kind of loses track of him essentially. So, yeah,
1: I think she had thrown one of his beasts in like a bubble or something. So mm-hmm. it couldn't like do anything. Yeah. Um, so we go from there to obviously the Zol building up to Exodus and the oryx launching a full-on scale attack on Strixhaven. Very much like Harry Potter in the seventh book. Uh, and so, <laughs> Exus, you know, does this, but like all good t- tacticians, it's a distraction. Let me lead everyone to the front of the school to defend it. You have to do it. But all in all, he's trying to get to, what's it called, like, the Karn? The Scarn, The, the, the Scar, I believe. A scar, <clears throat> and, and it's
0: there's a there's a central there's a scar like all those lands from the, the multicolor lands from Strixhaven the scars. So there's a central scar in the middle of the school that helps fuel like like it's one of the greater places of magic on the plane, and uh, like their library is kind of built over the top of it. So he's going down there to access his power. And, like, if you look at the back of his car, he's summoning this blood avatar.
1: Yeah, that, that seemed ridiculous. But So before we got to that, though, uh, I guess I'll call her Onyx until the end reveal. Uh, screw that. Liliana. Liliana's like, wait, this doesn't seem right. Will and Rowan, we need to book it to the Scorn to be able to protect it. Cause we feel like something's happening. So they actually leave the battlefield. I think i saw one YouTuber comment, like what planeswalkers can't just teleport. Like you guys got to run. That seems a little weird. Like, um,
0: planeswalkers being able to teleport is a weird thing. And like based on the, the story, like planeswalkers generally aren't able to teleport ex- to an exact place on planes. Generally. Um, there are specific planeswalkers who are able to do that. Like Vincer, that was his thing. His, his power is teleportation. So in addition to tele- being able to planeswalk, he was able to teleport to specific locations as he saw fit. Um, he didn't know that when he first found out he was a planeswalker because he was over here trying to make this machine work that he cobbled together with parts from the, the uh, Phyrexian invasion hundreds of years later that he found in Urborg and was trying to get this thing to work, but his actual Planeswalker spark was causing it to fail whenever he used it.
1: Um, oh, okay. But it works you know for what? people. I totally just thought of a very funny uh, Planeswalker ability for Vincer. They should totally do one to where it is like the traditional Vincer where you exile him and bring him back to the battlefield at the instep. But what it should be, knowing, like, a little chaotic, and he's the only one that could really do it as his power it'd be funnier though if it was like he exiles and he returns to the battlefield under a random uh controllers board state and then if it's like not yours you get some token of something like I think that'd be kind of a funny thing it's almost chaos like you know roll the dice who knows where it goes Spencer's dead though well, you know what? Gideon's dead. Lily's going to do something, or Onyx. Like, like
0: he, he literally gave his spark and his heart up to Karn so Karn wouldn't be uh, corrupted by the, the, the Phyrexian oil.
1: Well, well, hey, Phyrexian's coming back. Vincer are be
0: back. No. Nobody's no, dead. No, that, that's not how this works.
1: Well, we're, we're taking it back. Uh, so the cool thing, and Brian mentioned it earlier, uh, you would think these elder dragons would come up and defend their school. I think Witherbloom is the only one that does. <coughs> and she, it just unleashes pure dragon fire on all of these... Uh, mage hunters, hunters yeah. out there uh which i thought was pretty cool uh i like that um and then at some point i think during this casmina ends up like transporting luca like away from the battle and he's just like well and i think that's the last time we actually see luca in the story correct
0: yeah she teleports him away and because of that all the mage hunters kind of start going wild on the people yeah so they, instead of, like, aiding the Orick, the they're just, they're hunting everybody.
1: So the next part of the story, you know, I talked about how Onyx and the twins show up. <clears throat> can you, but they show up literally as Xdis is summoning this blood avatar. Brian, can you give us just a little insight to what is this blood age avatar and the, how it came from some chaotic past? of this plane
0: um so i believe it was just a spell that um he was channeling to summon this creature that that he thought could destroy the school and basically once uh rowan got down there she was basically fighting him for control of the thing um so i don't recall um the specifics of why he where he found that spell or why he chose that spell specifically. But it is my understanding that it, <clears throat> it was just something that he used to, he was just planning to use it to destroy the school. And it, it's there, the, it didn't have any real super huge significance other than that's what he was, that was his tool to destroy the school.
1: Yeah, so what I'd kind of learned about it is apparently the Blood Age avatar is a culmination of the actual Blood Age. So if you look at it, it's before Strixhaven was founded, as I talked about, where it was just like humans were causing chaos and violence. And literally, this was the battlefield soaked in blood. um, And it was some sort of spell channeling that violence into this one being. So this being's there. It's... Just wrecking. And this is the cool thing, is you definitely saw Will and Rowan put aside the civ- uh, the sibling Bickery and actually start to work together. Because as she was wielding this chaotic magic, she couldn't control it. But Will, because he was a little nerd, had his head in the books and was like helping her control that magic. To be able to push the Blood Avatar, I believe, into some sort of multiversal portal or just back to where it came from.
0: I don't remember the specifics of that. Um, I wasn't... For some reason, I'm remembering that basically they started feeding power to it until it exploded, but maybe I'm thinking something else.
1: Yeah, so the the interesting thing is the Blood Age avatar actually lives um, at the end of the story. Um, so... <coughs> I I want you guys to kind of picture this almost like fiery tornado like thing. That's kind of the way the card art makes Rowan look when she's wielding all of this. I'm going to call it chaos magic just because that's an easier way for me to personally describe it. Um, But she's wielding all of this. And then Will is kind of pushing his power into hers. And they're kind of channeling it together at the uh, blood avatar. (laughs) The hilarious thing, guys, you could guess it. Guess who the blood avatar did kill? exodus because if you ever summon an all powerful demon thinking it's going to work for you it's probably not going to happen i'm just saying it's probably going to kill you i mean come on
0: are 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 you saying that working with demons isn't a good idea all the
1: time i know it's weird uh even some of the times i'd argue probably not <laughs> So, uh, you know, Exus is dead. The Blood Avatar is getting pushed back to where it came from. But literally, as it's about to go, it swings its axe out and actually cuts off Will's leg. So he's, he's, he's uh, one-legged Dan over here. And they get the Blood Avatar finally pushed back. Um, story's over. We kind of have this nice intermission, or this kind of closing. Uh, Kazmina, that's where we find out she's recruiting for... Her- <laughs> What's somewhat described as like a shadowy cabal for a greater threat coming. Um, mm-hmm. Onyx finally tells the school, hey, I'm Liliana. And they even offer her a position at the school, which I one YouTube comment was pretty funny. Like, wait, you're saying that I lied to get a job. I saved the school, tell you that I lied to get the job, and now you want to offer me a job? That seems, you know, I don't know, maybe not the best message for the kids, that if you lie, you get what you want at the end of the day. Um, but one of the interesting things, and this is where I'd like to kind of get some of your insight. She's doing it with kind of the implication that she will be able to teach necromancy and learn necromancy. I I don't want you, I don't want to hear future thoughts, but just on that, do you think that's an interesting tidbit that could lead to a future story?
0: Uh, There are those who would say necromancy is not inherently evil until you make it evil.
1: That's very true.
0: Like, like if, if you're using your necromancy to save a plane from some kind of cosmic space monster, is it really evil?
1: Very true. Well, the last thing that the story ends on, guys, is Will and Rowan, they are still at odds, but still care for each other. Will wants to go back to school. He wants to do another semester. He wants to continue learning. Rowan actually believes that she's learned everything that she can from the school. She doesn't need to learn anymore. <coughs> Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so that, that's a little bit of kind of where we end with the Strixhaven story. And before we get to like where we think stuff could have gone or what might've been, let's hear a little bit about the CMD Tower store. Hey there, collective. Do you need a new playmat? Do you need some sleeves? Have you been forgetting your upkeep triggers well be sure to head over to cmdtower.com slash merch be able to pick up all the great swag made for you guys it could be the mr comma number five reminder token it could be the squee mcgee get up and fight coin or heck even our foil playmat or jund holiday sweaters all of it's there go check it out all right, let's head over to the unexplained omission. You know things that we believe should have happened in the story, and so I'm going to be speaking, and I'm just going to infuriate Sir Brian here. So I'm going to go all in with it. Uh, I, as I've been joking, I, a lot of a lot of people kind of made jokes that this was kind of a Harry Potter set. I mean, you know, it, we just got Street Fighter Secret Layers. Don't don't come at me with it. Uh, I was kind of shocked that we didn't have a character in this story for the the Boy Who Lived the whole exodus tried to kill them they survived potentially their spark got ignited later or something like that um i'm a little shocked we didn't get some sort of character in there even if they didn't get a card that could be for future um another thing i found interesting and this is actually where i'd like your thought brian the Gate Watch. That's kind of for me. That's my original Weatherlight. I wasn't playing back when the Weatherlight was there. So the Gate Watch is first. My first superhero team of Magic. I liked the passing of the torch feeling of Liliana being there and saying, "You know what? I'm going to stay at school and teach." Do you think they could have? And I get it. Past stories might have made it impossible, but do you think there could have been something there with like Liliana? Nissa, Jace, and I'm just gonna say Chandra for for a red one. I don't really have a good white. I guess you could say for white. I don't even know. Uh Rada. Okay, we'll just say T. he's not as important. Because I know Gideon's really the white Gate Watch member. Um but you know Elspeth. Okay, Elspeth. Um, do you think it would have been a cool direction if they would have had the Gatewatch come to the school and each of them play like this Liliana-like role. And then when we leave this plane, we're done. Hands are clean at the gate watch. They're here teaching at the school. We could pull on them when we need to get them. But now this is let's let a new era of planeswalkers come in. Do you think that would have worked?
0: I don't think it was necessary. Um, I think, I, I and I don't know how it would have fit either um sure just because you know the gate watch is kind of doing their own thing right now and um also only one of them actually knows liliana's alive so that that, i I think they're 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 waiting to set up that 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 reveal so I, i think the way that they've done it is is just fine they're they're leaving a string out there to be pulled eventually eventually like um the the like the Ravnican plane or the Ravnican guild leaders will probably get wind of Liliana still being alive on some far from plane that they can't get to because either Will or Rowan or some other planeswalker who eventually sparks after going to that school let slip that there was this awesome necromancy teacher named Liliana and uh you know it, it's i i think the way that like, I, I've never been one to begrudge wizards of putting out strings as long as they plan on f- pulling on those strings sooner or later. I've given them a lot of grief on Twitter about, uh, you know, resolving this whole Mirrodin slash New Phyrexia string for years because, like, we haven't seen Cough in literally a decade
1: plus so i'm just like you know he's out just doing mountain things man just out there doing mountain things
0: it's literally on the the flavor text for uh um dark steel plate he's gonna be fighting forever so (laughs) um
1: so you're saying he's not doing what uh wolverine did in that logan or in uh (laughs) i think it was just the wolverine where he just goes off into a mountain and sleeping and being a nomad like he's just constantly fighting
0: Uh, yeah, he, he's. I doubt he's he's doing
1: that whole thing. Well, the only other one that I have, uh, and we talked about this at Kaldheim with Ugin. I I know I'm I'm getting more into the lore as we do these episodes, and I've understood that Ugin hasn't really had a big presence like a Nicol Bolas and and some of the other elder dragons, and that's been one that I know Murphis talked about. Like, I'd like to get more Ugin. Let me get more Ugin in here do you think it could have been something where, like, maybe Ugin wasn't in the story as a prominent figure, but if there was something at the end that he was kind of like maybe the guy pulling the strings or he was overwatching these five elder dragons and what was happening, do you think that could have been something that they could have explored, even if it was just a Easter egg? Uh,
0: um, Ugin is not from the characterization that we've gotten from him so far, he does not seem like a a string puller. He is an observer. He he's, he's all about just watching things uh, progress. Um, It wouldn't surprise me to, for him to be involved with the elder dragons of Strixhaven after, you know, him not, I, I don't think he begrudges any interaction with humanity. Um, so I, I think he's definitely more of the type that would be interested in knowing about the school and observing it and seeing how the dragons interact with the the the, the faculty and students of the school. But he he doesn't strike me as a, a someone who would be pulling the strings to some court sort of conflict on Strixhaven.
1: Okay. Well, like, what did you think was maybe an omission? And the story set, was there, I I know, for me, this felt like the first time we've ever visited Arcavios. is that correct? It is. Okay, so I know it's, we don't have, like, past sets to really work off of, but what did you feel like got left out?
0: So, we, we have the, the, um, the colorless creatures that are known to have been, uh, super, um, like mysterious and powerful on the plane, but they don't really get a whole lot of story time within the plane. Um, it's, I find that super interesting that, you know, the archaics are, are, are what they're called. And like, we don't, like, I, I kind of, I know that they exist because they're on cards, but you know, it would be interesting. We know Liliana sought them out to in her search for. This this magic that she's seeking to bring back Gideon, but you know, I, I feel like that would have been something interesting even to have seen like maybe Exodus experimenting on something like that or trying oh, to okay. wield his power from that, that's something that I, w- I would have expected to see and we didn't really get that at all so we didn't get any interaction with the archaics really, so
1: Yeah, actually, to that point, it could have been a cool, because they could have easily translated that to a card, where it's like, Xdis is sacrificing X amount of archaics to try to make his spell work, and it could have been one of those, you know, X spells, where it's like, if X is five or less, you get this. If it's 10 or less, you get this and this. It could have been one of those things, the more things that you sacrifice on the board, like, the bigger the effect is, but you never get that blood avatar that he was going for. That could have been a very cool thing, and it would have made perfect sense. Yeah, possibly. Cool. Um anything else that you feel was left out? Um I mean obviously they didn't put a card in the set that was a wand. I mean that's just clearly a miss, but you know.
0: Oh god, here we go. Um like other than like I said before seeing more interactions with the actual dragons, um that that was something I would have been interested in. But, you know, we got to leave something for the next time we visit. Um, also, more of Kazmina, you know, I'd love to see her interact with more of the students because we, we kind of get the impression that she's kind of an overseer. We don't know. We don't actually see her teach any classes or like really interact. She's kind of she-
1: like Dumbledore.
0: Uh, no
1: well, so the, the actually the last thing that I'll say is, I know these are just the enemy dragons. Do you think the ally dragons are also on Arkados or a, um we'll call it connecting plane? You know, one that's maybe very close or similar to this.
0: <coughs> like,
1: I'm that, just wondering when, because you know they're going to come out with the ally dragons, so they can rename the ally colors. It's going to happen.
0: They're, they're probably not doing it on this plane. Um, okay. The way that they've talked about the lore of this plane, I I don't see them like it. Wouldn't have surprised me if, like, on the other side of this plane, there was a rival school and they could have been founded by other dragons. But the way that they've talked about this, the school on the plane, it does not leave a lot of room for that to be introduced. Who's to say that that, that? Well, that's not to say that wizards won't do it later, but you know, retconning is a thing. But I don't foresee that based on what's been done so far.
1: Yeah, they very well could do a tri planeswalker tournament oh, and they God. come from other planes to compete.
0: Well the guys, students we'll call- of the school aren't planeswalkers, not all of them. They have two.
1: Oh no, I understand, but then they would somehow. I'm just saying it could happen. No, it happened Sean. in the movie. It happened in movies. It happened in books. Uh, Harry Potter related, and we all know that magic is based off of Harry Potter. But before Brian blows a gasket, <laughs> let's hear about our patrons and get to the last segment for the episode. Do you like CMD Tower content? Do you wish you could have more of it? Well, you should head over to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. That's where we really lean on the community for help and running our channel, but also giving back to you as well. So for just literally a buck a month, you can join and get tons of soft value opportunities to be on the show, interact with the collective in our very lively chat. And then for even just 5, 15 or 25 bucks, you're going to get swag. You're going to get RK post tokens. Really, it's one of the best values out there patreon.com slash cmd tower all right we're at tinfoil hat time and i don't think i can make brian angry here so uh i only had really two ideas um one of them i think is perfect for mtg alchemy the new weird thing on arena but i think it still works story-wise from an experimental standpoint so here here's my first one Liliana has shown interest at the end. She wants to teach necromancy. I'm sorry, when you teach children raising the dead, nothing good ever happens. Oh, so I have this belief that she is going to impart this wisdom among the kids, the students, uh, or even maybe a planeswalker that comes and wants to learn from her. And they're just going to take it a step too far. And when I think that step too far is taken, I think that'll get us our first shard color set. So three colors on this plane, because it would be that student would rise like an exodus. I think it'll be another fall from grace, but I think Liliana is going to be directly tied to that fall from grace. How do you feel about that? Maybe being like a major plot thing for the next time we visit Arkavos?
0: I, don't think it's going to happen. Like, why? Come on. So the reason I say this is because we already have a set that has some colors that are missing um, from the the grouping that they already have, and that is Contents of Tarkir or Dragons of Tarkir. Really, um, in that set or in that 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 plane, we're currently in a timeline where the dragons are prevailing over the humans, and. You know, Ugin is now uh, back, so the dragon storms can be like he. While he was in slumber, the dragon storms were just going wild and spawning dragons all over the place. And I, I think with him gone from that plane, the humans would have time to rebuild. And I think we're going to see the rise of. the the clans back. Instead of being under the the foot of the dragons, we'll see the humans start to reclaim their their clan heritage and we'll get the shards back that way. I don't foresee them doing, um, adding a a color to the schools on Strixhaven just for, like, yeah, I I don't see them doing it that way. If they wanted to add shards or a color to already pre-established uh, groups, I, I see it more likely on Tarkir than I would here just because okay. of how the dragons well, are in power.
1: Colors um, aside then though, but still like the because I mean you could even say okay that introduces ally colors, I don't really care but like what do you think though about the next kind of a big piece of the next story when we revisit is a student falling from grace because of something Liliana taught them and her kind of dealing with those ramifications
0: Like I was saying earlier I don't think necromancy like the way that they're, the, the way that magic is framed necromancy doesn't always have to be evil. Um, oh, I understand. It, it's how you use it. And I don't think they're, they're willing to just shunt, make one of the, like, they're already trying to have her on a redemption arc. I don't think they're trying to set her up for another failure. So soon, hmm. um, okay. I think, especially with her having her motives is trying to, look out for Will and Rowan in their time of need fighting, uh, extus instead of just leaving them, um, to die. Like, you know, it's, I think they're not so eager to just throw her under, uh, the, the Gideon bus of being to blame for something, uh, that a student has done. Um, So I I don't think that part of it, it would be the the great motivator for her. I think she's deserved another story arc as opposed to being yet again to blame for something. Um, I I just, I don't see them doing that with her just yet. Maybe in the future, but not, I don't see them doing that this time.
1: Now granted, we say just yet, but we may not even see this plane for another 15 years. So
0: this is true. This is very, very true. Like, um, we haven't been to Meriden in, in, in a while, so.
1: Well, the only other idea that I had from a tinfoil hat perspective, then I'll be curious to hear any of your ideas, and, and this is one that I know you're going to crap all over it, and that's fine, because I don't care. Because I think it's actually very interesting whether or not it works in the current confines of the magic story today. To me, anytime. There is a school of students and power. Students, someone gravitates to wanting power. We literally had it here with Exodus. He, it, wanted power, whatever it is. Um, When Liliana appeared and Luca appeared, Casmino was like, whoa, sparks, planeswalkers. Like, that's different. We don't have that here. Um, Do you think there could be something to where students begin to study what a spark is, how they ignite, and could this lead to a path to where a group of students, whether it's naivete or not, try to figure out how to ignite their own sparks. And then there's devastating consequences when they're trying to tap into something that they just do not understand.
0: Again, it's possible, but I don't like... Wizards has been very um, specific about who gets sparks and if you don't have it I I don't think I'm not sure that they're willing to set up a storyline where a bunch of random kids try to delve too deep as it were and, and blow themselves up trying to acquire a spark when you have to be born with it right
1: um Yeah, the thought that I had had from like a a actual card game perspective is some sort of enchantment or even an equipment that it's kind of like the embalm mechanic, you know, like when the card dies, you know, it could get exiled and then you get a token copy. And this is why I said it could only work on alchemy because then it would be like, you know. Uh, they get a random. I think they have those ones where it's like a randomly assigned attribute to the card in alchemy.
0: I don't think I, they're I don't, doing story around an alchemy. Like
1: I didn't. I didn't say they were, but this is how you easily create a card from the story. I mean, there's lots of stuff that happens in the stories we don't get cards for. Um,
0: yeah, but I, I think this is. I, I don't think this is the, the route that they're going to go with their story arcs, um, just because. Alchemy being what it is, it's, it's already kind of somewhat divisive in the in the community as it is. And I'm not sure that they're willing to just go down this route just for a single or a couple of alchemy cards when they they have very clearly built their story around what a spark is in their IP. And I don't think that they're willing to just throw a lot of that away when like of giving saying people can randomly acquire sparks from Interacting with powerful magic when they weren't born with it, right? Um, I think it's just because of how how they like sparks are very important to their IP, and I think adjusting the story to say that anyone who is expensive who is experimented with enough powerful magic can just acquire one. I don't think that they're willing to go down that route.
1: Well, um, I will guarantee you this. And I, and I feel comfortable saying guarantee before magic is a dead property. This will happen. not, not necessarily Arkavos, but they are going to have something where a cabal or some group is trying to figure out how to tap into spark power. And it's not going to mean that they're planeswalkers, but they're going to tap into whatever that is. And it's not going to be a positive thing because that, I understand your point on the IP and they've been very clear about it. If you're not evolving as a company and as a game, then you're going to fall behind and you can't just put your feet in the mud and say, I refuse. You have to be born with it.
0: So no, w- what you're saying right there is very different from what you initially said, because there, there are people who have just tried to delve into what the power of a spark is. That's how we got the original Phyrexian. That's what y'all went doing. He, so i, okay. I
1: think it's, it's literally what i said students but, trying to study sparks and figure that out and try to do it but, but, and but, but, then it's but, negative out of it yeah but what
0: you were saying is that uh, my interpretation of what you were saying is that they acquired one That that's no, no no something. no no no. okay no, so I, yeah, there was never. a misunderstanding there but yeah we already have that that's phyrexians
1: yeah but so that's why okay so if you want to say phyrexians Okay, but specifically, my thing was like students being like enamored with that Yogmoth. I'm sure did it because he's a dick and he just like wants to conquer everything. I assume.
0: No. So originally, Yogmoth was a doctor, and Glacian had a, a latent planeswalker spark, and he like he ran into random planeswalkers. So his first interaction with a planeswalker, without who knew who was actively a planeswalker, was uh, Dwifid. Uh, she took him to what eventually became Phyrexia. Uh, it, so Phyrexia was actually a hollowed-out plane who were at the center of the plane, it was a constructed plane by a dead dragon-like planeswalker, right? And this, this planeswalker's corpse was in the middle of this his this plane. And Yogmoth was intrigued, and Dwight he got Dwight fed alone, and he basically racked her in the head and then started like drilling into her head. So like back way back when planeswalkers were powerful, super powerful beings, but all of their power was based off of their mind. So if you could incapacitate them to where they couldn't think you could subdue them. Hmm. So what he did was he basically captured her by essentially knocking her out and having a drill in her head. So she couldn't like, So, but he was experimenting on her in that way. And like, that's how this whole Phyrexia thing started. Like he was basically trying to harness the power of her spark. And he used her to like open portals to Phyrexia and bring all his people over there and was experimenting on people and warping their bodies to see if he could construct something to where they could transfer a spark into her. And like, it's a whole thing. Like, Yogma, the original, the, the Thran novel is actually pretty darn intriguing if you're interested in any kind of like the early story on how sparks worked and like the rise of Phyrexia and whatnot. So like your, your theory is already done, which is another reason why I don't see that happening because they've already done that story.
1: I would disagree. That's that's different than a bunch of kids doing it very juvenile-like. And it doesn't even have to be Archivos. I it, That story was done, what, 20 years ago? 25 years ago?
0: Uh, where's my thread? Oh, well, I just had... It. Uh... Right, date December 2002, the next novel coming out 1999.
1: All right, so we'll just say 20 yeah. years. I think, Brian, in the last 20 years, we've had uh three uh three revivals of Batman, of Spider Man, all doing the same stories in a different way. So that's why it's you know, if it had happened in the last decade, sure. Twenty years, it's something. Even if it's, they feel at its core is the same. But when it's a bunch of kids, it's totally different than this doctor that's obsessed with a thing. That's a cool concept. But, but they already
0: have so many storylines they they already haven't touched in. Well, years. then quit coming out with more damn
1: planes and just finish up those stories. They, you're giving them a lot of credit. They're not doing. That. <laughs>
0: They're not well, Brian.
1: That. What are your tinfoil hat things while we wrap up the episode?
0: So, my tinfoil hat theory is that um, <clears throat> something's going to happen with the archaics. Um, somebody's going to try to, some, maybe some, some group of uh, intrigued kids are going there to. Here we go. To-
1: Just give me my intrigued kids getting into shit. That's all I want.
0: Yeah, whatever. Um, They're (laughs) going to go try to do something with the Archaics, and it's going to trigger some kind of master or, like, legendary Archaic who rises up and, like, has the Archaics march on the school. Maybe that's something that happens. Or maybe um, the Phyrexians come and invade with uh, um, Tamio and Genkitaxas. He's like, ooh, raw material. And he comes to school, and they 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 come and turn all these kids into the next batch of Phyrexians. Who knows? That would be
1: interesting. Do you do you almost think they would want to come and try to steal that snarp, the The shard thing? Yeah, the
0: snarl. Possibly, it could be a source of power for their extraplanar bridge that's currently embedded in Tesseret. So who knows?
1: Yeah. Uh, one thing I just thought of uh, before we wrap up, do you think there could be a five color elder dragon in a future set, like something that's been slumbering, all this crap that's happened, it, whether it's a good guy or a bad guy, do you think we could see a five color since we have the five uh, enemy colors?
0: I mean, anything's possible, but I doubt it.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I you know, the five-color stuff has always been, that's been more intriguing to me the last few years, because they've been giving us way more, and it's almost, like, too much at this point. Like, every set has two or three, it seems like, five-color legends that are available. So it yeah. would be nice if we have sets that don't.
0: Yeah, that that's solely because they want to be able to support Brawlama and TG Arena. They want every oh. color to be uh, represented, or every color combination to be represented equally in brawl. So, I, I'm not going to hold my breath if you're hoping for that to end anytime soon.
1: Well, I'll hold my breath just until the end of the episode. <coughs> well, I'm Mr. Comment Number Five. You guys can find me at Mr. Comment Number Five on Twitter. I'll spell out except for the five, and on all the other content we have here at CMD Tower.
0: Brian, and you can find me at MTG Lord of Leaves on Twitter and on the Vorthos Cast when I eventually stop having work issues and sickness and stuff.
1: so. And we will see you guys at the next Multiversal Destination, Planeswalker.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I held my breath the whole time.